You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-hosts, Vanana. Hi, everybody. And Aaron Varola. Hey, what's going on, folks? Um, welcome to episode 111 of the Fanboy Garage. Always a pleasure to have you guys with us for another brand spanking new episode. Um, I wish I could have the energy I typically have... Um, on our episodes, but, uh, over the weekend, um, news broke that, uh, black Panther star Chadwick Boseman lost his four year battle to colon cancer. And that kind of took the wind out of my sails a bit. And I know, you know, we were all texting each other back and forth, um, about the news and Twitter has been, all social media has been on fire kind of remembering the man and his impact and presence and legacy uh, that he's left uh, on the world. Um, well, you know, even after only being in, you know, a couple of films, not, not really. I mean, you look at something like, uh, you know, Vin Diesel or something like that. And, and you know, Chadwick Boseman definitely didn't have a, a, a filmography like that but uh but he had a presence and um yeah i'm a little i mean i i say a little i'm i'm a lot i'm i'm this one took took the wind out of my sails quite a bit um still processing it which is weird for me because i'm not uh i'm not somebody who connects to celebrities if that makes any sense like i, I i'm like you guys live in your own world they live mm-hmm. in this like bubble that does not affect me you know i live in the real world and you guys live in a fantasy world um but uh i would say you know the loss of chad chadwick boseman um i i like legitimately got upset about it um and even now i'm still still struggling a little bit to compose my words here because i i don't yeah yeah i mean i i get it you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Just... This one broke me. Um, okay. So I actually, I didn't realize that the two of you had been texting about this the night before because I fell asleep. And like, so I I woke up in the morning on um, Saturday morning having no idea that this was a thing. And mm-hmm. I, I get up early anyway. So, you know, it, I was probably around like 6.30 or so in the morning um here in New York and and I went you know I the first thing I usually do is I pick up my phone and I check like the local news and stuff and I see you know that I see you know Chadwick Boseman you know dead and I'm like I'm thinking like car accident like what was it like a car accident or like something like that right and then I look at the article and it's like cancer and I'm like cancer and then the more I read it's like you know obviously he was diagnosed four years ago with stage three cancer um, which means that he pretty much was 
like Black Panther the entire time that he had this. Yeah. And, you know, I I know what stage three cancer looks like, and it's difficult. You know, so while it hadn't progressed to stage four yet, I mean, stage three still does a lot of damage to your body, and the treatments for it do a lot of damage to your body. And the fact that he was doing these roles, which were physically taxing, right, and people had no idea, that started to get to me. And the strength that it takes to to be able mm-hmm. to keep that a secret and to still live like a positive, productive life. And then the stories of him visiting the, the children's cancer hospital yeah. in 2018 while he obviously was in the middle of this battle himself and like nobody other than like obviously his closest, you know, family and whatever knew. Like all of that just, it just broke me and I, I just was a mess for for a good while anyway and i didn't i was like and and i'm not like that either usually you know like that happens to me very rarely when it comes to like celebrities you know Uh, and it's usually somebody that i have some type of a connection with because it's like they played a big role in in a time in my life in some ways you know Mm -hmm. or it brings me back to a memory or a certain place but and, and he doesn't do that for me but like his story is what did it Mm. Um, yeah, like, you know, talking about those, I'm mean, seeing those stories about him visiting like those like, you know, children, um, cancer patients and stuff in a world where people literally are Instagramming and TikToking their donations to like homeless people, you know, like putting mm-hmm. it like online and, and, uh, you know, using social media to like show their good deeds. He did everything just he just put his head down and like did the work and Mm -hmm. just reading that and knowing that and people were still going at him online with like, you know, Oh, he looks so skinny and he looks like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) you just never know what someone is going through, you know, you never know. And he made all of these films for us and he played a superhero and he's not just a regular celebrity. Like, we just had the death of Naya Rivera, right? Who was on Glee and someone like her, you know, now I'm not trying to compare deaths or say like, you know, one is more than the other, but I think his death touched us a little bit more. Um, and a lot more people because of the movie black Panther, you know, because of what that actually represented. He, he's not just an actor. He was, he was a hero. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and we all saw that and he, he represented, representation and inclusion and to also see all the pictures of the little you know kids that are giving like funeral services <clears throat> with like their other avengers toys yeah. oh my oh, god that, that one really was broke yeah, my that heart was rough that little boy with the event with the marvel figures yeah. different characters yeah. around the and fallen then, like, black panther when he's yeah. doing the, the wakanda uh you know arm sign thing like yes. that was like oh boy but it it's, yeah. it gives you the you know the power of this. I mean, you know, Black Panther was a one of those movies that became like a cultural phenomenon, right? It it was, I mean, a movie that people were not. I mean, that thing came out of nowhere in a way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not. Who knew it was going to be that enormous a success? I still remember going to the theater. That at that point, I was still going to this small local like mom and pop theater in my old neighborhood. 
uh, to see movies like matinees on like I, I want to say I went on a, I don't know if I went Saturday or Sunday but usually I would go there because it would be like me and like six other people it didn't matter what the movie was and black it was I've never seen the theater like that theater like that like the line was yeah. out the door the theater was packed like I remember giving up my seat because like I was in the middle of like a, a long row and like a family had come in like a father a mother and father and like their four kids so I let them have like the uh, the row and like I got I was afraid to get up to go get popcorn because this wasn't like assigned seats or anything and like it was that right. crazy unseen and it was um, a level of excitement that I hadn't seen uh, for a movie in a very long time. And that movie resonated uh, with a lot of people. And the character resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, he was perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes when you, you know, you have a, a an actor who can take on something like that and who was really going to be, you know, one of the big players, you know, in the uh, future of the MCU, that character yeah. was was really important. And yeah. uh, and I think, too, that that's what also. So, yeah. So even though, you know, he did have other films and really good movies, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's the role that he was going to be, you know, that was he was going to be uh, known for because it was his biggest mm-hmm. role. And it was the movie that that really was the, the biggest part and it was going to be his biggest role for probably for a really long time. But one of the other things that got me was. I'm not like a superstitious guy or one of these people that believes in like, I mean, I joke around a lot about like the universe and stuff like that, but I'm not really Mm -hmm. that person. But when you see something like this where, you know, he played Jackie Robinson in 42 and he played Black Panther, who was a character that was created by, well, at least partly by Jack Kirby, right? Stanley mm-hmm. and Jack Kirby created Black Panther, and then you realize that he passed away on Jackie Robinson Day and Jack Kirby's birthday. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know what, Pfft, mm. man? It's just like I have goosebumps right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we we talk a little bit about the character of Black Panther and and how significant uh, of a role that is, and that is that is the thing that got to me the most um, was the fact that so many kids, so many black kids um, and, 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 and black people in general, you know, cause I looked, I looked at quotes of, from, you know, uh, former president Barack Obama and a whole bunch of other people who Billy D Williams, Carl Weathers. I mean, you, you, you you name it, all of these iconic actors um, were kind of tipping their hat and contributing to to Chadwick because of the impact that his, not only him as a person but the the, the role of Black Panther played in their community, mm-hmm. and um, to see that light extinguished because he carried it with such pride. Yes, and that that's the other thing too. You know, I mean, I feel one of the things I was explaining to to my wife was that you know like like he seemed like one of those people again don't know him from adam but like he just seemed genuine very humble um you know i I remember seeing just some of the some some videos of him surprising kids coming out like you know whole kids you know schools were going to see black panther and he would pop up in the theater and yeah i mean he's absolutely fighting his his own personal fight there but what that meant to so many kids um 
so many people and to have lost that, I think to, to me, I, I, I feel that, you know, I, I get it too. You know, I, I can sympathize and empathize. Like this was the first, you know, African-American black superhero on screen like that. You know what I mean? And it made bonkers money. Well, at least in, at least in his own film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, right, solo film. Is what I, I mean, although, um, yeah, I mean, unless Blade, you count Blade, but. Sure. Yeah, um, but kids, kids, you know. Yeah, that you was different. You can't, like, can't look yeah. up the Blade. Yeah. <laughs> that was different. Um, or maybe you like, can. <laughs> this was like the first I mean, really this was, mega this, hit, positive. Sure. Like, it was a cultural movement. Yes. Like something, going to see Yeah, something Black like Panther. white kids have had for years, you know. Yeah. And and anyone that they want. Um, yeah, and so just knowing that um, that that person is gone, um, uh, you know, affect, affects me profoundly. Yeah, um, yeah, it, and... it really does because it, it just, you know, we were living in a time where, yeah, it's a superhero film, but that superhero film meant so much to so many people. Yeah, like what 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 actually what, what the the line that broke me was. You know, Jess and I, that's, that's my wife, in the car we're driving. And uh, and I was just talking about, like, you know, everything I was just saying about how humble he was. And he seemed like he was just such a normal person and and all of that. And she said, one of her old colleagues said something like, I had never been into Marvel films. Like, that was never my thing until Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Like that was the film that she took her kids to see, and like embraced, you know, embraced the the you know the, this genre of films, and it's like th- that right there. I was like, I just thought about that. I'm like, and that's gone for so many for so many people who looked up to this person. I mean, right, the hero is still the hero, right? But Chadwick Boseman is the person who gave that hero life. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys? Just... I mean, did you guys see um, Angela Bassett's post? You know, because because all, all everyone's kind of like have their own story and they're sharing mm-hmm. it now. Um, mm-hmm. Much like Chris, much like the the Jackie Robinson kind of like Jack Kirby, you know, Universal thing happening. Um, she posted a story on her Instagram just like a little paragraph. And she talked about how at the premiere of black Panther, you know, um, Chadwick reminded, uh, Miss Bassett that, you know, at Howard university where they both, where where he went, that that's his alma mater. Um, when Angela was there to receive like an award, he was assigned to escort her that day. Yeah. And she didn't remember, you know, so many years later. Um, but it was only at the premiere after they had played, you know, mother and son. And like, like she was like, we, we talked in like our makeup chair, like weeks of like prepping and like sitting next to each other every morning and like acting. And then at the premiere, he, he told her this story and she just felt like it came full circle that they were like meant to be connected and be in each other's lives. Wow. Um, and that was, that was like you just see so many of these like beautiful touching stories and i think that can only be attributed to the energy you know that he put forth in the world it he was paid it, it forward. was yeah it was like good energy and you're going to have all of these like positive 
you know, stories around you. And he really just seemed like, I mean, he also taught, um, he was also a drama instructor, you know, and, and he was not in the spotlight, you know, he just like put his head down and like did the thing and did the work and that was it. And he gave Mm -hmm. us like gifts. He gave us so much and no one, no one even knew, you know, And that's the uh, and if you have a chance to listen to the commencement speech that he gave at Howard, yes, it's really great. Yeah. Um, that's the, another thing that I saw for the first time this weekend that that really hit me hard. And um, the other thing too is that I mean, him and I are the same age, and mm. I mean, I'm I'm a few months older than him. Uh, he would have mm. turned forty four in November. Um, but so when you start to see stuff like that too, like that. Yeah, you know, you start to think and put things into perspective. I mean, this year has certainly <clears throat> been a year where a lot of things have changed. A lot of perspective has changed mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um, we probably look at things a lot differently than we did. But you know, when especially when you see something like that, and you're like, man, you know, like there's a lot to be stressed out over right now for right. sure. Right. But like you see something like that and it just, it does alter your perspective again, even more, you know, you start to think about things right. like that. So there was a whole lot of things that, um, that hit me with this one. And, and, you know, it's amazing though, for a guy who, you know, people like my parents, for instance, they were talking to me about this yesterday. They've mm-hmm. never seen black Panther. They've, they've probably never seen any of the movies that he was in. Um, but and they've never, you know. But now we were having this whole conversation about it, and I, I almost mm. feel like the way he lived his life and the way he carried himself, um, you know, and the way he went about, you know, how he handled this situation, it it added to this aura, mm-hmm. you know, of him. And uh, I, you know, I feel like you know people are talking about him now, um, you know, more than they probably ever have. Obviously, just not just because of the news element of it, but, you know, for a a guy who was still young, right, and who uh, had, you know, done some good movies but wasn't, like, a huge celebrity, like, there's a lot of conversation going on right there, and I think it's because of what people are seeing and hearing of how he lived his life, how inspiring this story is of how he fought and how strong he was and how he could possibly make these movies while he was battling this um it's just such an it's it's i don't want to say an amazing story because it's sad obviously and how it ended but it is an amazing story in a lot of ways um you know the strength of inner strength aside from physical strength that it takes to live your life uh selflessly while you're battling this this disease um Mm -hmm. Is uh, it's pretty remarkable, and I don't think I will ever watch Black Panther the same way ever again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've always loved that movie because to me, that movie was always more than a Marvel film for me, and I could totally see how that could be a movie that would resonate with people who hadn't really watched superhero movies before because it is very different. Yeah. Everything about it, from the music to the theme to the what it means culturally and everything else. Um, but uh, but it it takes on a there's a newfound strength there and like the moment in in Endgame like when you see him pop up right he's oh, the first man. person that comes out like that's uh. gonna those are those moments that are like they're even more powerful in a way now yeah. um, and you know it's that that cathartic and 
element of watching the movies. Um, something that I've actually missed during this whole thing, you know, because we haven't had a lot of those experiences. So these are mm-hmm. things that I'm not certainly not going to be taking for granted. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, beyond a shock, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, and, you know, we'll we'll talk more about this over time. Uh, I already saw there were people wanting to have discussions that we don't need to be having right now. Um, um, yeah, I that, mean, I definitely went after. <laughs> so, uh, like, I just kind of posted something on Twitter about that, but it I, uh, <laughs> was disgusting. I know? did one, and I never – like, that's probably the first time I've responded to any type of tweet with, like, my opinion, I guess. Yeah. In, in, in like, a way that's like, mm, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I've seen so many so many people coming out the side of their face with, with commentary. I can't and, believe uh, it. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's inhuman. And, you know, suffice to say, it's unkind and disrespectful. So, yeah. I wish well, those folks nothing but the best. <laughs> Well, you know, when when the when the pandemic first started, um, I really wanted to see our superheroes on on like you you needed a hero, you wanted a hero, you know, you wanted like you wanted to see the good guys kind of like just win, you know, because it it was just so hard. At least like the first like three months was just very like disorienting you know what what we were all going through um and i turned to you know the marvel movies and it was just so comforting to see our heroes on screen um the black panther being one of them like when like when he stepped through that portal that moment is just incredible and it it makes you feel so good i'm like i have the biggest smile on my face right now you know and I'm just I'm just really thankful that we got a chance to be alive during this time um to witness you know his craft his work and and what he gave us yeah um uh, what he gave an entire generation and and what he kicked off you know because like anytime a person an actor or you know a person of color um but let's say for my industry right anytime a person of color um advances and you know gets like a big role or like a big part or whatever that gift radiates to everybody else you know Mm -hmm. um and black panther was one of those movies that kind of like really kind of put the gas in the engine to kickstart this like inclusion thing because after that we got crazy rich asians you know Mm -hmm. And, and like they had their own like whole movie and, you know, now we have, um, you know, Daniel Day Kim and Randall Park doing like their heist movie. And I attribute it to that movie really putting a lot of oil in the engine to kind of like kickstart this whole, you know, diversity and, and inclusivity thing. Not that that's the first time anyone had those goals, but it really just seemed like it got a lot more gas after yeah, that. Yeah, it, eleva- it elevated you know? the, yeah. the legitimacy of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Mr. Bozeman, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. And, you know, the and, power I mean, of uh, ahead, sorry, ahead, the power of Black Panther is, is obviously what it meant to the African-American community. 
is is obviously very very important, right? But the fact that it also uh, was a character that wound up appealing to a very diverse audience as well is an importance that also shouldn't be lost, um, because that's that's very important and it's a message that shouldn't be lost at all uh, and something that we can learn from for sure. Um, and yeah, and I think that's another reason why as well, um, you know, this was such a, a monumental loss, um, you know, for, for that community and for, uh, you know, us as, you know, fans and, and it's just, this was yeah. just a, this was to a big world, one. Really. Yeah. To the world. And, um, yeah, it's, uh. Yeah, and I mean, for me, the one the one last thing I'll I'll say about this is, you know, and Vanana, you've you've said it a couple of times. Like the dude just he did the work. Like he, this guy was fighting for his life yeah. and and still giving things to people. You know, pro- providing people with with that opportunity to to see a hero, witness and experience a, a hero larger than life on on more than one occasion, um, and you know that that just it reminds me of a quote that I saw a long time ago, and it's essentially it's everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always, and. Um, that is the thing that I uh, I am taking away from from the loss of Chadwick Boseman in this is that we can, regardless of the battles we are fighting internally, externally, we can still do amazing things and leave a mark, yeah. and that's important. Yeah. Well, we uh, there's really no smooth way to transition. Uh, from that into anything else. So I guess where do we want to go um, from here? Um, uh... I have a transition. Okay. <laughs> I, I just realized I was on mute. I was saying, like, I have a transition. I have a transition. <laughs> uh, um, well, when I found out the news, I was high off of watching uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, I was like, whoa, whoa, where is this going? You were high. No. no. Um... <laughs> I'll never tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was. I had just finished Bill and Ted Face the Music, and Chris, since yes. you were asleep, um, and I don't think we talked about this, you know, me and Aaron were, like, texting back and forth. I was like, oh, have you seen it, you know, yet or whatever, and we were just, like, talking about the movie. I think we and, finished like, it at, like, the same time. We <laughs> literally finished it at the same time. That's so funny. And you were telling me about the end credit, which I didn't know, so I, like, went yeah. back to, like, you know, fast forward and watch that. And then, you know, that that's when I, that's when we started, the conversation took a different turn. Um, mm-hmm. But what you guys think about uh, Bill well, and Ted Well, you opened it up. You music. tell us what you think. I thought it was great. I like li- I laughed out loud a couple of times, which is which is hard for me now in terms of, you know, comedy movies. I just find things are not as funny as they used to be. Um, the last really hilarious movie I saw was like Game Night, I think. Uh, this movie made me laugh out loud. I, I'm super impressed with the actress who played um, Keanu Reeves' daughter because she got his mannerisms like down packed she did such a good job 
Uh, I, I, I like the story. Like it, it was just like a fun, stupid movie. And that's exactly what I've been waiting for. Uh, like for months we've been talking about it and I overall, I really enjoyed it and thought, you know, it, it was, we paid what, 20 bucks for the rental. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good deal. Cool. Chris, you saw it? I did. I watched it today, actually. Um, I almost turned it off. (laughs) No. Yeah. I knew this was coming. (laughs) I, I found it. This was painful for me. Um, oh yeah. I, first of all, I, I thought it was actually boring at the end. It got better towards the end, but the ride there was, um, I struggled with this one, um, big time. And I've read a bunch of the reviews and I, I, I've seen what, you know, some of the, the, it's been more positive than negative, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I don't know, like it, to me, I don't know if it's the Botox, but like Alex Winter was very much channeling like an older, uh, bill to me, Keanu with the Botox, which is off putting. And he seemed like John Wick trying to be Ted. Like, he's just glum and intense, and I don't get, like, I don't know if he forgot how to be anything else, but, like, that, I struggled with that in the beginning, and I just was like, I don't know, it just wasn't doing it for me at all, Um, and I think a big reason is because that, it you know, it was, you know, very much dependent on nostalgia, right, and fan service, and I I like the first two Bill and Ted movies, but I don't revere them. Like in a way where like fan service is gonna do it for me like enough, right. and I just don't I don't know like to me I was watching it and I was very much ready for it. I was like, oh, this will be fun. This is gonna be cool. Um, I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't move it move the needle for me. Uh, <laughs> maybe I, I, maybe you needed to be high. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, yeah. So I don't. I didn't. Uh, I, I just felt like at the end, I was like, yeah, you know what? That, And I don't think anybody really thought it was necessary, but like, I was like, wow, that was really just, like, I, I didn't, it was unnecessary to me. Um, I think in hindsight, I probably would have enjoyed it more if it was just like a little like, like sketch in like a Geico commercial or something like that. Mm. Uh, mm. But wow. uh, yeah, so I, <laughs> wow. I wasn't... Uh, I don't see myself revisiting this one um, much. I, I know the tone was just, I don't know. I just found it weird. I, so, but. so okay. Um, my my exact quote to Banana was, it's cute as fuck. Sorry. Yeah. It, and it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a great film. It's barely a good film. I don't know if... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I really enjoy uh, Bogus Journey over right. um, Excellent Adventure. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, I kind of I, I, like I get what you're saying about Keanu. I, it, it, and the reason and the moment that made me think about this was like when he switches to the to the English accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, you finally got that right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where was that in Dracula? Damn it! Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh, holy shit! You have kind of forgotten how to be a dummy. 
Right. And yes. It, it that, looked like he was, was like, struggling to be dumb. It, it, Agreed. It I will was, agree with that. He had moments where he was actually saying really, really clear things. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's totally not Ted. Um, right. Alex Winter, God bless his soul. Because yes. I can't even tell you the last thing I remember seeing him in. Right. Maybe it was like he played like that Beast Boy thing. I forgot what that movie was a long time ago. Um, but he, I mean, yeah, he slipped right, he slipped right back into, into the role of, of Bill. He did, he did. Um, and Keanu had flashes of it, but like they did, I felt like they had a, they were having a lot more fun being like these alternate versions Mm -hmm. of themselves than actually being Bill and Ted. Right. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Mm. Um, the and like I said, like I, I like I just I needed this film just to check my brain at the door for a minute. And it was funny because Jess started watching the movie with me. We're like ten minutes in, and she's like, she looks at me, and she's like, like, nope, this is all you. I'll see you later. <laughs> and like she's re- like she and she's watched the other two films with me, and she's like, these were cute, like these were funny. Like the first couple of minutes, she's like, nah, this I'm no, I don't even know what is this, and um. And I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. Because usually she'll, she's like ride or die, you know. She'll be like, oh, I'm interested. Like, hold, like we'll, we'll hold it and we'll watch it later. And she's like, nah, this is, I'm, not, I'm not into it. Um, and then the fan service stuff I thought was fine. Like, I kind of was like, sure, this is a mix mash of, of, you know, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey all together. Like, all in one. Yep. Where they got to get iconic figures to kind of you know do the thing and then they end up in hell and they gotta get death and it was all the same kind of shit and they die all that stuff um and i was all right with that the one thing i just did not understand is like kid cuddy what yeah Uh, where did you go first of all i don't even know what you look like bro Mm -hmm. i like your like i like one of your songs but i had no idea who he was and i'm like is this supposed to am i supposed to know who this person is and then he ends up saying station, and I was like, dude, you need a pimp slap. Get out of here. Like, go go make some music. Go get out of here, man. I can't even. But, uh, yeah, fine. I mean, I paid the money for it. I pre-ordered it. Am I going to watch it again? Probably not. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm happier that I got the $3 credit from Voodoo um, that I can apply to uh, something else later on. So that was worth it. Sure. But, uh, yeah. It was, I... fine. it was fine. I'm glad they wrapped it up. You know, they wrapped it up cute. Like, you know, Vanna, Vanna um, your statement about, and we we were texting about this, but the the, the girl who played uh, Ted's daughter, great. Oh, she was I, she was she was awesome, and and I just it just sucks because they didn't really give the two of them much to do or to no. chew on. Um, the girl who plays Bill's uh, daughter it was horrendous. Um, j- yeah, like, let uh, me we, let we me said, let me get their names. I I hate saying sorry. like this girl, that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah like this horrible. girl. That girl. The, the, um, okay, you know, so Margot Robbie lookalike. Yeah, all right, so Margot Robbie lookalike. <laughs> that girl. Her name is Samara Weaving. Samara, um, oh god, please don't. Samara, and then uh, she's, all, Billy, she's Australian too, right? Billy is um, an actress named Bridget. Uh, let me see, Bridget Lundy Payne. That's. Samara oh, is is Australian. Australian, yes. yeah. So she was struggling with her accent. 
because I could just hear that thing slipping out. Oh like, yeah, you know I didn't I didn't notice that. I I caught it. There were some some words that she was saying, and I was like, oh, she's so Australian, and she's trying she's trying her damnedest to make make it sound like she's you know got that that West Coast mm-hmm. like oh slang. Um, but mm. yeah, it didn't. She but either not. way, fine, fine movie. Like whatever, I that's enjoyed. Uh, by the way, that's um, Hugo Weaving's niece. It is right. I yeah. saw. I heard Weaving, and I was like, "There's only she's inevitable." <laughs> uh uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and the other actress is uh, from Dallas, Texas. Everybody. Hey. Uh... Born in '94, man, they're so young. Um, she was, she was great. I, my favorite part of the movie is that the daughters. Actually, my my favorite part of the movie are, is the story with the daughters and them going around <laughs> picking up all of these musicians. Yeah. I wish we had. I wish those scenes were a little bit longer, but I understood why they couldn't be. And I just thought, like overall, it just tied into the whole story um, really well. You know, mm-hmm. I loved like death was just like so on board with them. Like that, that when they went down to hell, it wasn't even a scary place. And like all the yeah. demons were just like, so nice. Like, yeah, just like <laughs> make a left over there. I, I just found it to be really funny and cute and something cute, cute, cute is yeah. the word. Um, yeah, just something that was like needed for, for a night, you know, the shit that the thing that caught me off guard that made me like, like legit laugh in the beginning was the fact that they got the woman who was Missy to come back and and she's like yes. in the sixties. Yeah, I legit laughed. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. and, and she's marrying <laughs> the son, and he's like, and that makes dad his own son. And I was like, oh my god, I'm losing it. Like I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Do you think that? And not that this is necessarily a, a bad thing, but do you think that if this movie had come out last year, uh? Do you think that – how do you think the reception would be? Dude, reviewers would be teabagging this movie if exactly. it came out last year. I just think that it, maybe like, people – would get shitted on so yeah. bad. Right now, there is no – there is no um, benchmark of for success in, in for this film. Right. Because, because it, you know, it, it got, it's getting a dual release, both on VOD and, and limited runs in theaters, whatever. Whatever money it makes, it makes. I know it was probably made on a on a shoestring budget. It looked like it was made on a shoestring budget. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. Uh, no, oh, I don't mean that. I'm just saying it. it, it I, thought, I thought the robot was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. the robot was great. I thought the robot was kind of funny. He's like, my name's Dennis. And they're like, oh, okay. Hi, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis McCoy something. Um, Dennis Caleb McCoy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think if it came out last year, it would have been panned. Everyone would hate it. No one would go see it. It would be... It would be a, a a train wreck, an absolute train wreck. But I think people need this film. We need it now. It's just dumb. We just need like everything yeah. is so everything yeah. is so serious. Everyone is like fighting. Like everyone's just like going crazy and like worried and stressed about like the future. That we just needed something really really dumb and i am endorsing all the dumb movies that are going to come out yeah. if there's any more i'm endorsing them and, yeah and, and you know what i'm sorry real, real quick to go back to the keanu thing <laughs> the, but the botox or the john wick <laughs> no, no no not the botox he's gotten and it, like so 
I think for a while he was typecast as like the surfer dude. Right. Right. Yeah. He's done such a damn good job at getting out of that that now that he's back in it, it doesn't feel right. Like I like I'm I'm thinking about this. Like he had some profound shit to say. Yes. In that movie. And it was like, dude, because you're basically like Jesus Christ. Like mm-hmm. you're immortal. Let's be honest, Keanu. And you're seeing all this profound shit, but you're that's not who we know you to be. Like at least I didn't grow up knowing you to be that person. So like this and I and you know funny thing is I went and I rewatched Excellent Adventure and I'm like, man, Keanu is so good at being so dumb and, well, and yeah. stupid. And that was the disconnect and, I had was like I, I felt like we were watching like he wasn't channeling Ted. He was he was being like current day Keanu, Keanu <laughs> being now maybe that's because the you know, the original Ted was current that current day Keanu. And now he has evolved. But they didn't the character wasn't written in a way where like that was supposed to be part of his personality, right? Like where like but if Keanu, I guess if they those, if they had he, gone more in that direction like I mean, yeah. yeah, he is struggling with things, and like he is going through stuff. But like, if they had gone more in that direction, emphasizing the fact that like, like he's evolved, and the other guy kind of hasn't it's as much. Not. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that, I think I can actually would have been kind of cool. But like instead, like I'm just thinking it the whole time. He's the one. I mean, he's. But the funny thing is too, in in the movie, if you go back and rewatch it, <laughs> he's the one that makes all of the important decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he's the one that's like, I don't want to lose my wife. I can't like I'm going right. to fight my old myself because I can't lose my my sure. wife. You know what I mean? He's the one that's like, I think he's the one that says, oh, we're going to go back. Like when we wrote when we wrote it, like he's making all the. And yeah. then the last thing he says to himself when he's old, like blew my mind. Like, I'm so sorry. I never opened myself up to you. Blah, blah, blah. I yeah. felt like I did and I was like, dude, this is like, I'm, you're you're blowing my mind with what you're saying right now. And I don't know if you're meant to do it. If it's <laughs> meant to be this dumbass thing, and maybe I'm dumb for like having my mind blown. But dude, you're blowing my mind <laughs> with what he's saying to himself. And he's like, don't worry, you'll learn. Like or something like that. I'm like, oh my god. And time travel doesn't work at all. It does. It doesn't make any sense right. in this movie. <laughs> uh oh, there's that argument again. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know Uh-oh. what though. When was the last time we we were able to watch a movie fresh like this and and like for better or worse it it's a dumpster fire and we're laughing about it. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I listen, my perspective again, I've had bigger perspectives change this year, but one of the the more fun ones is the fact that like and while I I did look at some of the reviews, I did it after the fact only because like I had kind of I saw you two talking about it in the texts after I was done. And then I just was like, well, let me check to see what some other people are saying. But, like, I think the days for me of, of going to Rotten Tomatoes or anywhere and seeing what people think of a movie before I've seen it are over. Like, I, I'm i going to watch any mm-hmm. movie now because I want to see it, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to have my own opinion. Not that I, I was never like that necessarily, but, like, I really now don't give a crap about reviews yeah. or any of that stuff. Like, these movies now are just entertainment for me. It's an escape, whether I like them or not, right? That's just whatever. But I'm going into movies now having this newfound appreciation for their role in my world uh, where I'm, you know, whether I like it or not, it doesn't really matter. But I'm going into it thinking, you know what, this is going to be entertainment for me. 
you know, and yeah. hopefully I like it, but we'll see. But it's not going to be like this whole big grand, you know, thing and, and going back and forth and who liked it and who didn't and, and why and what's their agenda and all of this stuff. Like one of the nice things I think about this model, right, where you don't go to a theater and you're just kind of watching something at home is the fact that it is more just like on your time, your escape, right? Uh, and that that's nice. I mean, I don't know how... Was this the first... I know this was the first movie that I've seen direct to on demand, like since all this started. Um, yeah, it's it's mine. It's yours too, right? You didn't do Trolls. No, um, no, no, no. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> it was it was cool being able to like fire that up, like whenever. Like I originally I was going to watch it last night, and then it, that didn't happen for a number of reasons, and I was just like, you know what? I got nothing going on today. It's a lazy afternoon. I'm going to fire this up, and like, great. That's, I think, how I pretty much want to watch my movies going forward. Mm. With few exceptions, mm. of course, you know, because you still want to have a certain experience for certain films. But, man, I, I liked the uh, video-on-demand deal there. I liked being able to throw a movie on, on like I said, on like a lazy Sunday um, and have it be in 4K and have it be a new thing and fresh and, yeah. Yeah, I think I think this was my first movie too. Although I did also see King of Staten Island, you know, the other night, but we waited mm-hmm. months, you know, for that um, since we were able to get it for six dollars uh, rental instead of the. See, we weren't going to spend twenty bucks on that, you know, but we spent twenty bucks on on this one, um, and King of Staten Island was terrible by the way so mm. I, don't, I, I feel don't bad because you were so you were so excited i was been so, so excited, excited to see for that it movie. well okay actually by the middle of the movie to the end it got a lot better the first half of the movie it just needed to like keep like it just needed to go like what is the point what are we doing but it, it was all pete davidson being pete davidson you know what i mean mm. um so yeah. yeah, so I think this was like the first movie for me as well where it was like the opening weekend. Um, and the second one is probably going to be Mulan, which is in five days. Yeah, and speaking of waiting months, uh, it turns out that uh, we know now when Mulan will actually be hitting Disney Plus for like everybody else that doesn't pay 30 bucks to watch it on opening weekend or whatever. Uh, and it's going to be December, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like the first week of December. First week of December, it's going to be f- quote unquote free to every for to all Disney Plus subscribers. Uh, that is the win. So you're looking up. You're talking about a three month window where it's going yeah, to be a three month window from the time it becomes the, it's a thirty dollar purchase uh, to watch it right away on Disney Plus. So now we're talking about a model where. You know, you look at the pay-per-view, whatever, purchase, that's like your theater release, right? So now you're talking about a three-month window from the time that it's going to be available on as a premium purchase on Disney Plus to the time that it's going to be just something on Disney Plus for everybody. So they're bypassing like the whole buy it through other means process, like put it up on Amazon. I mean, you could, I'm sure you'll still be able to do it that way if you want because mm. they're not going to tell people no you can't buy it and own it forever if you want but like 
they're jumping the gun. Like, they're jumping right to putting it on Disney Plus in three months. And I wonder if that's still part of this experiment for them. You know, where they're going to try a whole bunch of different things and different you know, ways to um, to roll out and see what works. Because they also have no idea yet how this movie is going to do for 30 bucks. So I guess this is right. a safety net for them in case that doesn't go well. Um, then they, you know, you're only going to have a few months before you can watch it. And they'll compare right. and contrast, I guess, and see... You know, just what is the audience for a movie like this? How willing, you know, how much are people going to want to pay 30 bucks for something? That's one conversation. And how how many people are going to want to pay 30 bucks for something that they're going to be able to watch with that same subscription for no additional mm. money three months later? I, I, I know like, I'm waiting. I feel like they might also be, I, I hadn't thought of this before until now, but they might have also put it for free in December to prevent people from canceling their subscriptions. Oh, I'm sure that's all part of this, but it's interesting that though they're using a movie like this though, uh, as a, like this is just how everything is changing. Right. I mean, and not that it's a wrong thing. I mean, look, Disney plus is a much bigger part of their future. Uh, than a lot of other things are probably, including some of their networks. So sure, why not? But the power of the streaming service now, it's like, well, you're telling me you have this like $200 million movie or whatever it is, $150 million movie that granted under normal circumstances and in normal times would have been released in theaters, uh, you know, but you're now using it as a way, like you said, to make sure people keep their their subscriptions. <laughs> To your streaming service. Mm. Now, maybe the original plan was to have it released on in December on Disney Plus Anyways. anyway. Yeah. But, you know, because they See, kept that, pushing that it back. That, to me, makes more sense. Sure. Uh, because it was supposed to come out in March. So, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. That's nine months. Yeah. That still feels It, it is quick. Because you figure if it came out in March... Um, End of March. Yeah, so then, you know, by July, late July probably, early on, you're talking about it it hits like Blu-ray and, you know, streaming on demand, like purchase and all of that. Right, right. And then onto the streaming service. Well, but but even then, like maybe not right away to the streaming service because then, you know, but I guess now it's going to be streaming service before television. Yeah. It's going to be the new model, um, which is fine. You know, the hell with television. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that, sure. Because yeah. television, streaming services are television now. So it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, so uh, everything changes this year. It's hard to really... I think by next year, maybe they'll <laughs> studios will have figured out a little bit more about how they're going to go about doing things. Um, I mean, we did get some box office news. It's been a long time since we've talked about box office on here. Um, I mean, Tenet... You know, Vanana was telling us before we went on here because I hadn't seen this. Uh, $53 million debut in 41 international markets. Uh, that is not bad, considering. Uh, it did $7 million in the UK. It did $6.7 million in France. $5.1 million in Korea. $4.2 million in Germany. Next weekend, it opens in the US, Russia, and China. 
be very interesting to see what it does. I mean, New Mutants, our favorite film. Oh, yeah. Uh, grossed seven, actually got released. <laughs> it did. And it grossed $7 million domestic. And then another almost $3 million overseas. So you would assume if New Mutants made $7 million domestic, I don't know that in a normal time it would have made more than that, to be honest with you, uh, after all this time. Um, but uh, Tenet, you know, you assume will do more. I mean, obviously much more than that, we right? I hope so. So, so, I mean, this might not be... It's very interesting. Those numbers are, are and, somewhat and, surprising. And Tenet got mixed reviews, big time. It it started out mixed. I think they, they wound up starting to head more turn? towards positive. Yeah. Again, I haven't really been following. Um, I, I know, mean, who cares? If I, yeah, who, <laughs> exactly. Who cares? But, I mean, if just for the sake of this conversation, yeah. if we have to look, it's at 82% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. If that's 126 reviews. Um, I mean, it's a Christopher Nolan film, so his sure. stuff is usually somewhat And how does that stack up against like uh, movies like Inception, Interstellar? Um, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, that's... Not to put you on the spot there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher well, Nolan. Why don't you know the prestige. exact numbers, Chris? Well, so, like, um, Dunkirk. You can't compare. Dunkirk was 92%. Um, Still haven't seen that. Yeah. I mean, those are his, uh, that was his last thing. Let's see. I'm typing my own name into the search box. That's not going to work. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> zero rotten <laughs> yeah interstellar 72 percent so you know again these are with much more problem. reviews right um right. you know so it's hard to really compare and and you know yeah. different different time in um inception was 87 percent so um but yeah it's so it's really it's hard to compare but it's right in the ballpark anyway of what his movies, you know, usually do. But but for some reason, you know, critics tend to like his movies more than... Audiences tend to be more polarized with his stuff sure. than critics. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, it's fascinating, though. 53 million in its opening weekend in 41 markets, and not including the you know, two biggest markets, right, which is U.S. and China. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what this thing does. I mean, look, if I'm the theater and we don't know what it's going to do in the U S that'll be a big thing. But I, I think if you're theater owners, you have to be happy with that number. Yeah. yeah. And, um, new mutants was, uh, was global or was that just, well, it was, it was 7 million domestic and then 2.9 million overseas. So it, well, yeah, I don't know how many <laughs> markets that was, but, um, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we, I like mean, people look, aren't I just running to go see any I feel movie. feel bad. In the <laughs> no. Right? No. It's like, that ain't happened. I mean, I've seen so many people like, hey, should I go see New Mutants? It's like, you really? You, you, you're going to risk, you're going to risk your, your health for, for I that? think, I think New Mutants <laughs> it should only, have definitely gone on demand. It only yes. opened in France, Spain, and Taiwan. Uh, aside oh, okay. from the U.S. Right. So. Yeah, they actually they couldn't they couldn't open uh it couldn't open it couldn't be released on VOD. I think uh there were certain certain contracts with 20th Century Fox yeah. before oh, the acquisition. Oh, okay. Just to give you an idea though, it opened in 2400 theaters. New Mutants uh here in the US. Mm-hmm. And it averaged uh 
$1,285 per theater the first day, $1,015 per theater the second day, and then $601 per theater on Sunday. Uh, So it did drop off dramatically. Um, So 2,412 theaters is not a little... I mean, it's obviously not... No, it's not as big. As big as you would get, but it's not not 4,000 screen, but it's 4,000 theaters, but it's still not... uh, that's not too bad. So I I don't know what to do. Obviously, the bigger markets were not included in that, obviously, because like right. New York City, New York in general, right. you're not going to movie theaters, California. So that also plays a role. Um, but those averages aren't fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you want to look at the average when it comes to something like that. And those I averages are long, not great. Yeah, I wonder how long Disney's going to keep it in, in the theater before they throw it on. I can't imagine very low. What would be that the, long? I mean, yeah, because maybe two months, not even. Yeah, I mean, why? With, I mean, with its performance to... right now, and I mean, and just as an example, like Rise of Skywalker. I just happened to bring that up. I'm trying to find something from last year. It opened in 4,400 theaters opening weekend, so 2,000 more theaters than New Mutants opened it. Just to give you an idea. Of uh, yeah, you know, traditional the theater lowest, lowest performing, yeah, of the new trilogy. Just just had to say that. Oh, that that's that. But I'm just saying, just to give some perspective on on what the theater situation looks like, uh, you're going just over half of the theaters right now are showing these movies. So we'll see what Tenet's theater count looks like. Um, yeah. but uh, I would assume their averages will be much higher. So yeah, you know. I, obviously, you're also talking about reduced capacity, I'm sure, in a lot of these theaters. So that's going to also affect the per theater average, well, you know, per screening. Yeah, like so the there's a lot cost- of lot of things going on. I mean, you know, we don't want to overanalyze this stuff too much because clearly it's just a different time. But it is interesting just to, to get an idea of like where the what the temperature is right now of the world in general as far as going to the movies. Because it's something we've talked a lot about and we're still going to... We're still learning, right? We still don't know for sure who's ready to go and whatnot. So, yeah, um, yeah I think these next few weeks will give us an idea. And I think it will also inform uh, the release of Wonder Woman 84, you know, oh, which gosh, is now so. less than, uh, well, we're going on just under two months, right? A month, rather. Just under, a, a just month. over a, yeah, month just under a month away. Yeah. So, over. you know, they're going to have to start to decide what that's going to be, too. You know, are they going to give us an on-demand alternative for that? I think you would have to at this point, right? Yeah. Because it's clear that, like, I don't, I mean, look, movie theaters, I don't think are going to be open by October 2nd here in New York. Uh, You don't think? Well, I mean, you never know, but they would have to announce that, I would think, like, very soon. Because you're not going to announce it the week before. You know, look at the advance notice they've given to some of these other you know, entities to open, um, you know, you got to give at least a couple of weeks, right. To make sure you have proper safety protocols in place and all of that stuff. So, I mean, they could, but they would have to, I would think by the middle of, of September, we would have to know. And the studios are going to have to make decisions though, because you, you know, they're not going to wait until a week before. Right. I don't think, I mean, they're going to be releasing the film in theaters, but you're going to have to have some type of a backup plan if New York and, and these other big markets aren't aren't available to you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just from a safety perspective, like there are people that are not going to feel comfortable going to the theater right now. So you don't want to shut them out either. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm hoping that uh, that there is some type of a video on demand uh, element to it. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? Why do you really care where you get my 20 bucks from? <laughs> You know, right. it, whether it comes yeah. from an on-demand purchase or whether it comes from a theater purchase. I mean, and you could even get more money out of me for Wonder Woman 84. I mean, I paid twenty four ninety nine for Bill and Ted. Yeah, I mean, if you were to pay $30, I'm sure you wouldn't bet an eye, right? I would absolutely pay $30 for Wonder Woman. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, I would too. I'm thinking of going to see Tenet here. Um, I'll keep you guys posted if that's a, if that's a thing. Go with that. I might I might go to like like a one PM movie, you know, on a Friday when everyone's at work. Mm. You know? Maybe maybe I won't shower until <laughs> I go to the movie so then no one will sit next to me. <laughs> I mean they're probably not gonna sit anyone next to you anyways, but I know, right. I know. I'm just kidding. We get some scrubs. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's uh, I'm, I'm ready. Anyway. Let's uh so DC Fandom. Uh, yeah, the gift that I mean, keeps on giving. They um, they shit. finally released some numbers. We were wondering about the numbers on this, and uh, I mean, Warner Media released a figure according to the studio. The DC Fandom Hall of Heroes event generated 22 million views across 220 countries and territories in its 24-hour run via the in-house player, live streams by comic book influencers, and other content generated by fans watching the event. So it's deceiving to say, hey, 22 million people watched Fandom, because that's clearly not the case. Right. Uh, because I don't know what it means when you say also content gender. Does that mean that people who hashtag DC fandom and said, oh, here, this was that thing that James Gunn was talking about? Like that's they're counting that, obviously, which is they're fine. Probably count, they're probably counting like so f- like to your point, a retweet. Yeah. Which then links to fandom. Right. Which gives you access to yeah. content, which is OK, because the whole point of, of an event like fandom is to get the word out right it's not you're not it's not a pay-per-view right where you're making money on it and people are bootlegging it or anything like that i mean it's it's what the whole point was to get exposure and get conversation going again so that's absolutely nothing wrong with touting those numbers uh those are big numbers obviously um and uh, what i think is even more impressive is the fact that uh the trailers for wonder woman 84 the batman and uh, Zack snyder's justice league pulled in over 150 million views uh, within their first few days. Mm. So, I mean, that's buzz right there. That's huge. Yeah. It trended in on Twitter in 53 markets and on YouTube in 82 markets. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, this was huge. And look, we get it. This thing is here to stay. Uh, it's, uh, you know, and we mentioned it last week. I mean, this is the future of these things. I, I don't see any mm-hmm. reason why we go backwards. Um, I'm sure there's still going to be your comic cons and other things like that, but I think they will have uh, these types of events will take precedent <clears throat> over. That. I mean, even if even if they said a million people, because twenty twenty two twenty two million people that's a, that's a lot. Yes, but even if they said one million, they're still outpacing. Some of the largest trade show events, cons, sure, that you can imagine, mm. right? 
So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of these. I think we're gonna need to see moving forward a blended approach to in person slash slash virtual events and. Um, you know, this is definitely not the last time we'll see these kinds of things so, popping up. Just again, more perspective here. <clears throat> in 2019, 135,000 people attended San Diego Comic Con. Boom. Now, obviously, that doesn't count social media engagements and things like that. But you know, but I all of that's built in. Sure, to fandom. Absolutely. I don't think it was going to be 22 million though. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, it, and, and I mean, you th- think about that. So, and that is content that is spread across different studios, different comic book uh, publishing houses. Sure, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. So, like, this is a concentrated 22 million exactly. engagements. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. which is the key. And I mean, that's just uh, it's it's monstrous. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it just look. It was a cool event. And, and you know, the other nice thing is, you know, those 150 million views of those trailers, I mean, none of those were bootleg, like, guy snuck a, his no, phone yeah. into the Hall H, and, and you know what I mean? And, like, it was all 150 million views of the real deal that right. got people excited. And I mean, pe- more people were talking to me about uh, me about the Batman last week than anything yep. else. I mean, people just coming out of nowhere being like, hey, did you see that Batman thing? Uh, yeah, sure did. Yeah. You know, and, and then when I would give them the, the history of it or the, the backstory on it, they were even like, really? Wow. Oh my God. That's incredible. And like a lot of people didn't even realize it was coming out. Like it was even being made. You know, again, that's how we sometimes lose perspective in this bubble that we exist in. But like, there were a lot Hmm. of people that I know that are not tied to this community that had no idea that the Batman was a thing at all. Right. And that was their first exposure to it. And they obviously are now pumped. So, yeah. I mean, I think that these types of things have to happen going forward. And I um, can't wait for Star Wars to embrace this. And, um, you know, uh, Marvel to embrace it. And just everybody should be doing these types of things from now on. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, people... Getting jazz. I mean, a friend of mine who I haven't heard from in, in a while who lives in Japan <laughs> hits me up like in, in like in the evening. It's his morning. Right. And he's like, dude, Batman. I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know, man. I know. He's like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's going to be good. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood. We'll see. Sure. So. Oh, we have so much to look forward to. We do. After 2020 is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else? What else was we'll live something we at? Well, guys, I, I think we should, um, I don't know, say a big thank you to our listeners. We had one of our biggest weeks. Yeah. We had. Yeah. Out, we had the biggest well, week in the history of this did. show. You guys did. I just joined you guys, but you guys did. Oh, come on. You, no. I mean, you, me. you are the reason for this. Yes. So we do have to thank all of the, the our listeners, supporters. Um, welcome to you know our new listeners. Last episode, episode 110, was the, is the biggest episode in the history of this podcast. Um, it broke like almost every record you could break for us. 
Um, okay. It's already the biggest episode ever. It hasn't even finished its first week yet. Um, it had like our biggest single day downloads were broken more than once. <laughs> um and uh, it's just been going really well. Um, so thank you to everyone who has supported the show and listened and has passed the word on and, you know, hashtagged and all that fun stuff. Um, we're pretty excited about all of that. And I guess we also should say that in case you haven't figured it out already, that um, this is now the new uh, day, right? We are now no longer going to be recording on Tuesday nights and dropping the episodes on Thursdays. We are now going to be, uh, at least for the most part, regularly uh, dropping these episodes on Mondays, right? Recording Sundays, dropping them on Mondays. So um, we drop it like it's hot. Yeah. So that's uh, something else to just be on the lookout for. So now you'll have the entire week uh, to catch up on our current episodes. And. Uh, yeah, and we just keep on going strong, so. Yeah, and of course, thank you. I mean, I got to say it too, right? So, yeah, you might as well. <laughs> thank you so much for the support, for, you know, continuing to challenge us with questions and things like that. And, um, it, it we, you know, we appreciate it. We really do. Um, so continue to listen. We promise to give you guys more good stuff um more analysis of things our feelings on movies things that are driving with us and then some so really really do appreciate it and thank you guys for having me i've been really enjoying my time in the fanboy garage and i hope um everyone's enjoying themselves (laughs) (laughs) i got a little like i got a little gushy feeling and i just started laughing (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that concludes this episode. Sure. Right? I mean, on that Anything? note. Yeah, let's do the plugs. Yeah. And we'll just get down and get out of here. You can go to fanboygarage.com. You can check out our episodes. Check out that merch store. We got a lot of cool designs up there right now. Some um, We got the, the Batfleck returns and Keaton returns and all that fun stuff. Uh, you can, of course, join the conversation. Uh, on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, at the Fanboy Garage, um, and uh, me on Twitter at Real CL Mighty. I'm at uh, Banana underscore TFG. And you can catch me on Twitter at AA Ron Speaks. So there's A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Fanboy Garage. This was episode 111, and we'll catch you guys next week. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.